Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. If you open up with me your, your Bibles to Psalm 147, stand for the reading of God's Word. Psalm 147, here we go, begin and end. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is beautiful. The Lord builds up Jerusalem, and He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted, and He binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars, and He calls them by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the heart to our God. Who covers the heavens with clouds. Who prepares rain for the earth. Who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates and he has blessed your children within you. He makes peace in your borders and fills you with the finest wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters the frost like ashes. He casts out his hail like morsels who can stand before his cold. He sends out his word and melts them. He causes wind to blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. In your Bible, it may have a uh, kind of a subtitle there to Psalm 147 that says, Praise to God for His Word and Providence. Providence. Providence simply means God's care for His creation. Providence means that God cares and takes care of His own. And so as we look through this psalm this morning, this next step, as we elevate towards the end of this crescendo of praise in Psalm 150, let us look upon this as we go through it with an understanding of God's providence, that He cares for you, that he loves you, and that he wants what's best for you. So he says, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is beautiful. The first part is very simple. It is good to praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It is good. Praise the Lord, it brings joy. It brings peace. It brings comfort in the midst. 
midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of trial, when you and I worship God from a pure heart, that worship brings joy. Amen. When we honor God for who he is, it brings peace. Amen. It is good to praise the Lord. Amen. It is good for us, and it is good for him, for God honors it. It says our praise is pleasant, and our praise is beautiful. Our praise should be pleasant. It should be beautiful. It should be a sweet aroma to our God. Amen. Right? Something that he enjoys in. Something that he enjoys. Something that honors him for God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. They should be beautiful. When you and I worship and honor God, it should be beautiful to him. Amen. Right? Now, Many times we will spend hours getting dolled up to be in public. As you can see, I don't. I gave up hope a long time ago. But there are many who will spend hours getting their hair just right, putting and coordinating the right outfit to go together, the shoes, the socks, right, the shirt, all of the, the dress, whatever it is, coordinating the purse, right? Coordinating the jacket that goes that you're wearing, your makeup or your hair. Why? We used to, I used to tease our mom and tell her she was beautifying herself. <laughs> right? You're, you're putting on, you're making yourself beautiful because you want people to recognize you and think that you're beautiful. Who wants to be thought that they're ugly? Right? So you are making yourself beautiful. Ladies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's why it takes you two hours to get ready. And your husband, most of them, 15 minutes. Right? Uh, because you are wanting to be beautiful. Right? You might be wanting to be beautiful for your significant other. Your, your husband, your wife, or your girlfriend, your boyfriend. You're wanting to be beautiful. So that when you come into church, people say, wow, you look beautiful today. Right? I mean, let's be honest. And we go through all that work to be beautiful for man, but our praise is half-hearted and not beautiful. Wow. Right? Wow. It's not beautiful. It's not our best. We'll spend hours making sure the cat eyes are right and we got the smoky eye thing going wow. on, right? <laughs> we'll spend hours. Alex, ever since he, at some point within the last year, that kid has decided that he's uh, got to do his hair just perfect. So it, what used to take five minutes to get ready, he now takes forever. And he's got to have shoes that are the right. And his whole outfit has to come together, right? I call him uh, Ryan Seacrest in our household. <laughs> Everything's got to be perfect. Billy's the same way. I know, Alex. Billy's all of a sudden started dressing up, coordinating everything. I tried to buy him some ties. Not too long ago, and he told me that they clashed. He had nothing that they went with. That pattern, those colors, they just didn't work with anything. Right? So I know guys are like this too, right? We put all this effort and money to be beautiful. And then we come into God's house, wore out from being beautiful for everyone else. And not give God a beauty of praise. Right? Our praise is beautiful. It's to be honoring. Right? It's to glorify Him. God should look upon it and say, My child is beautiful today. Yes. He's not looking on the 
outside. He's not looking at your eyelashes. He's not looking at your vest. He's not looking at what color socks you got on to make sure they match. When he says your praise is beautiful, when he honors our praise, he's looking at the heart, that heart that's humble, that heart that's honoring him, that's bowed down before him, honors and adores him. Let our praise be beautiful. Let us put as much time in honoring and praising God as we do as, as on our physical appearance. Amen. Right? Let's, God doesn't care if you worship him in sweatpants and a tank top. Right? It's all about the heart. Amen. Right? So, I'm not saying it's wrong to be beautiful. I, I love my wife. She's gorgeous. And I'm glad I didn't marry an ugly woman. Wow. But, right? But, uh, but that's not the most critical part. Right? It, 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 it's, it's, it's what's inside. And that's what God looks at. So, beauty is not wrong. But we need to put as much effort and what we offer God yes. as we do what we offer the world. Amen. That's good. Right? We doll up for strangers, but not for the God of all creation. Right? And, of course, I'm talking about that inner worship, that inner beauty. So our worship is pleasant. It's to be, our praise is to be beautiful. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. Well, actually, let's stop there. He binds up their wounds. So two and three are related specifically to the exile of Israel. Remember, God scattered the nation of Israel. He, they first broke up into two nations, Judah, the bottom uh, two tribes, Israel, the top ten. Then the Assyrians took Israel, the top ten, and destroyed them, assimilated them, scattered them everywhere. And ultimately Babylon came in and took uh, uh, Judah and scattered them and brought them into captivity. This is referring to when God allowed Nehemiah and Ezra to return and rebuild the walls and rebuild the temple of God within the city. Because listen, this I know applies directly to Israel, but it should give you and I comfort. It should give you and I make us want to praise God because it lets us know that the promise that God has given you, he will fulfill no matter how long it seems that it's going to take. Amen. It took 70 years for Israel from the time that Judah was taken into captivity. It took 70 years for them to finally be able to return and start to rebuild the walls and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. A long time. God punished them, and they were uh, subjected to, because of the rebelliousness, but God had made a promise to Abraham. Remember we talked last week? And to Isaac, and to Jacob, he had made this promise that they would be a nation. He made this promise that he would, they were always his children, his chosen, and he kept that promise. And so when he says here, God builds up Jerusalem, God restored, and he's still restoring they're not even all the way where they're going to be when everything's said and done. Right? They're still broken, but God eventually will restore them to the way they were supposed to be when he chose Abraham and said that his seed would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And he told Jacob that the sands of the sea, uh, uh, you know, the sands, he wouldn't be able to count them. They'd be more numerous than the sand. It should give you and I comfort and peace to know 
that no matter what you're going through, God and his providence will take care of you. Amen. It may not happen on our timeline, but we can worship him and honor him because we know that he loves us and he cares for us and that he will accomplish that which he has purpose to do no matter what man does, no matter what nature does, no matter what this world does to us, God will accomplish his purposes. Amen. No matter what it looks like, no matter what the enemy says, no matter what the enemy does, and we should give glory and honor to God. This glory and honor is after the fact, but we can give glory and honor after the fact, but also before. Yes. Honoring him because we know who he is and know that he's faithful. He counts the number of the stars and he calls them by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. I love this. He counts the number of the stars and he calls them by name. It lets you know how big the God you serve is. Amen. This is a praise. Father, you count the stars and you give each one names. Now, I don't know about you, but I cannot comprehend the billions of stars that are in the sky let alone the fact that there is a being so large and so powerful that sets beyond time and space that can name each one. Amen. There are more stars than there are people. There are more stars than their solar systems. There are more stars, right? You see, I mean, they're everywhere. Billions and billions of stars. Yet the God that you serve calls them by name. So if he knows every star, and every star by name. That, you know, stars don't last forever, right? You, you know that, right? They burn out. What we're seeing is light from light years away that has finally made it to Earth. Some of those stars are already burned out. But God knew their name. He knew when he placed them there. And he knew when they burned out. He knew. He knows everything. He knows them by name. That should comfort you and I. Because if he is that large, that he, he's that powerful, he's that all-knowing, the God that you serve knows those stars by name. That means he's easy for him to remember your name. Amen. Stars far outnumber people. Stars outnumber the amount of people probably burned, uh, uh, born since the beginning of time. But he knows all of them by name. He knows you by name. And he knows me by name. So that when I call upon him, he doesn't have to get out and, and go through the role to figure out who I am. At home sometimes when I'm yelling at my children, I call them everything, including the dog. Right? I'll be wanting to fuss at Alex and I'll say, Billy, Curtis, Bosco, Alex. You know what I'm talking about if you have more than one kid. Right? God doesn't have to do that. As soon as you... Call his name, he knows your name. As soon as you call on him, he knows you. He doesn't have to go, hmm. He knows. Amen. He knows your voice. He knows your name. That means he hears what you have to say. He cares in his providence about you. Amen. It says, He is great. Great is our Lord. And he's mighty in power. One of the first names that we see when God reveals himself to Abraham is El Shaddai, which means God. <laughs> Almighty. Amen. One of the very first ways that God revealed himself, he was revealed as God Almighty. When he, El Shaddai. Almighty. 
Now, when God calls himself almighty, you can't, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but that's hard to, like, it's not like me calling him almighty. Almighty to me is these muscle guys that, you know, could throw barrels up over walls. That's, I could never do that. I can't even lift one up. But when God says almighty, he says, else should die. Almighty. My goodness, I can't even comprehend what that means. All you could do is look at the stars and look at the earth and look at creation and look at the planet, look at the moon, look at everything that, uh, that, that God has created, the plants, and, and get some small glimpse of how mighty he is. Amen. For with but a word he's spoken into existence. Yeah. And if he's almighty, if he's all powerful, what would keep him from intervening on your behalf? Amen. There's nothing that can stop God. Nothing that can stand up to God. Nothing that can change God's plan for you. No enemy can come against you and change God's purpose for you. No enemy can come against you and change God's plan for you. No sin can destroy you if you are serving and following after God. No habit can destroy you because your God is almighty. He can break habits. He can break sin. He can break those things over our lives because he's almighty. God is almighty and we should worship him because he is almighty. He's mighty in power. His understanding is infinite, meaning he knows all things. Yeah. He knows everything. We have people, I had children, still do, that think they know everything. <laughs> right? Uh, they think that, uh, you know, mom and dad, mom and dad don't have a clue. And that somehow they, you know, got it all figured out. I had Curtis come to me recently, not too long ago, and say, Dad, I wish I listened to you. Right? When I was younger. Where it finally dawns on him, well, maybe Mom and Dad knew what they were talking about. Right? And it finally dawns on him that, wow, sometimes we, don't, we forget the fact that God understands everything. Mm -hmm. So when he gives us the guidance and direction we should obey and not question his wisdom, not question his motives, because his understanding is infinite, meaning he understands those all things. And you and I cannot comprehend him. We cannot comprehend his purposes. That's why it says his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. They're higher than our ways yes. and they're higher than our thoughts. Yes. He's far beyond anything you and I could ever think, imagine, plan. He's already 15 steps ahead. Why? Because he already knows the end from the beginning. Amen. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's pretty amazing. God already knows the end from the beginning. Amen. Right? He already knew your end before you were conceived. <coughs> every step, every bad decision, every choice, every good decision, everything, he knew it before you were even conceived. He knows the end from the beginning. Right? That means in his providential care, he takes care of you. He protects you to ensure that you accomplish the purpose that he has for you. He understands everything. And he has it all worked out. Amen. People talk about playing 4D chess as a joke to how smart someone is. I've never tried to play 3D chess. I don't think I could do it. I'm not smart enough to do 3D chess. 3D chess is where you've got the different... Planes and you're playing on multiple boards up and down. No way. 
I, I, that's hard for me to comprehend. God, he's far beyond that. He's beyond anything that man can come up with. Because he's the one that came up with it first. Everything that man does is below God. The Lord lifts up the humble and he casts the wicked down to the ground. God honors those who humble themselves before him. He restores those who humble themselves before him. And those who reject him and do not fear him, he casts them to the ground. He destroys them. You and I can honor God because we know this. If we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. He will have mercy upon us. Worship him because of his grace and his mercy and his long-suffering and his faithfulness. Amen. If God hasn't done anything else for you, he's done one thing. He's been faithful. Amen. If God has never done anything else for you, he's definitely done one thing. He's been long-suffering. Long-suffering is something that you and I take for granted, right? Uh, we don't understand how long-suffering God is. He puts up with a lot. He waits with patience. We can worship God. And humility because of those things. Always worship him because of who he is. It means that he will always be who he is no matter what you're going through. So he should be worshipped at all times. Honored at all times. Glorified at all times. And when your enemy comes against you, God will cast down the wicked. Amen. The ultimate end for any enemy in your life, is to be cast down. If I will humble, he will exalt. Raise me up. Have mercy on the humble. And the wicked who come against God, and the wicked who come against you as his child, God will cast down. He will make sure their plans do not come to fruition. He will thwart them. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the heart to our God. Who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. God provides all that nature needs. Right? He had it all planned out in advance. When he put the sun in its place and he created plants with photosynthesis, and he, right? He created all so that plants take up nutrients, they bring in carbon dioxide, and they produce oxygen. We breathe in oxygen and, and breathe out carbon monoxide. It's this cycle. He planted all the beds. And that's just one small part of his design to sustain man. Anyone that believes that happens by accident blows my mind. That, can you imagine all the pieces that would have to fall in place? Not just fall in place, but fall in place at the exact right moment in time for it to create that kind of symbiotic relationship? That man, I mean, it's just amazing to me that we would think that that could happen on accident. And so this is saying that, you know, God, he puts the clouds in their places. And he's the one that rains and waters the earth. He's the one that waters the crops. He's the one that provides the sunshine that grows the crops. He's the one that provided the trees that built your house. Right? 
He's the one that provided the sand and the stone if your house was made of brick or concrete, right? He's the one that made all of the foundational elements that you and I enjoy, and for that, he should be honored. Right? We should be glorifying Him for everything that we have. Because without Him, we would not have it. Give thanksgiving to the Lord. Why? Because He produces the clouds. He prepares the rain. He makes the grass grow. He gives the beast its food. And He takes care of the ravens when they cry out. Jesus said God takes care of the sparrow who doesn't even think about tomorrow. He gives them enough food for today. Why should you and I worry about tomorrow? Amen. Because God already set into motion Amen. everything that man needs. But what have we done? Man has become dependent upon himself and not God. Amen. Right? I am. If farmers decided to stop harvesting crops tomorrow, I'd be in trouble, wouldn't you? Because I go to the grocery store and I buy my lettuce or whatever it is. Well, I don't actually do it. Kelly does it because if I did it, we wouldn't actually get any fruits or vegetables. But uh, we are dependent upon man. But the way that God designed it was is that man was to till the earth and to harvest. Right? To prepare. And he gives us everything. He gave you everything you need to put a garden in your backyard. Think about that for a second. Everything that you need, you don't have to be a professional. He already put it all in motion. You may have to weed. But he provides the water. He provides the sun. He provides the nutrients in the soil. He provides everything. Right? That's how good he is. So that you and I don't even have to rely on somebody else to do the work for us. Amen. We can do it. That's how good God is. He provided all of that. I don't know if I'm expressing it the way that it's in my mind today. Number 10, verse 10. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. This is a perfect reference to God's salvation. Because you and I cannot earn God's salvation. For that, you and I should be eternally grateful. No, you can't be strong enough. You can't be equipped enough. You can't be talented enough. You cannot be thoroughbred enough to deserve God's mercy, grace, and forgiveness. It doesn't matter whose child you are, who you, who's your mother, your father were, your grandparents were. None of that matters. Your pedigree doesn't matter. Your talents doesn't matter. My talents don't matter. All that matters before God is a humble heart, a heart that fears Him and acknowledges Him as Lord of creation. I don't know about you, but for someone who's not very talented, that excites me because there ain't no way I can work my way into heaven. I don't have the strength to resist sin on my own. I don't have the strength to be perfect. I don't have anything to impress God with. Let's be honest, right? If it was relying on my pedigree, I'm in trouble. But this says God isn't impressed with the strength. He doesn't delight in big, powerful horses. Horses made for war. He has no pleasure in man's strength, his fighting ability. His ability to defend himself and man's health and man's fitness and man's ability to take care of himself. God doesn't delight in our talents and our abilities. Excuse me. God does not require our talents and our abilities. 
for salvation. He has mercy on us when we fear him and humble ourselves before him. That deserves for him to be worshipped. Some of us get it wrong. We think over time that we're so talented and we're so awesome that uh, God is, should be blessed and honored that we chose to bless him with our presence. Right? God doesn't take no pride in our, right? He, he, he isn't impressed with our talents and our abilities. Because no matter how talented you are, no matter how physically fit you are, someone is more talented and more physically fit than you are. Say so. Right? No matter how good a preacher preaches, there's someone always who understands and can preach better. No matter how good someone sings, there's always someone who could sing better. No matter how, you, you see what I'm saying? There's always someone that's better. Will never be good enough. God is impressed with physical talents. He's impressed with a heart that's humble before him. Yes. And fears him. And acknowledges him for who he is. And for that we should glorify him. And be grateful every day. That he doesn't require me. To meet some standard. That I can never meet. Amen. He had mercy. And grace. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. He makes peace in your borders and fills you with the finest wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. He, his word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters the frost like ashes. He casts out his hail like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He causes his wind to blow and the waters flow. So here, before he was looking at that he puts the clouds and the rain and he makes the grass to grow and he gives food. And over here he's talking about sending snow and hail and rain. That he controls the weather so he controls when it snows. He controls when it hails, how hard it hails, the size of the hail. He controls when the ice melts and the snow melts. He controls the tides. He controls. Now, I know that there's science. Science has, the, because of the moon, that controls, the, like, the tides go in and out because of the gravitational pull. I understand those things. But God put those things in place. And at any moment, God can override them. When, when uh, Elijah prayed for no rain, God stopped the rain. When Joshua was fighting in battle, he prayed for them more time, and God stopped the sun in its place. Amen. Right? That's, that's pretty amazing. Right? Amen. God can override that at any given time. Mm -hmm. He can override his own laws. Mm -hmm. And who can stop him? No one. No enemy. No one who stands against you. No one who comes against you. No one who comes against me. No one can stand against a God who controls the very laws of nature. No one. He built it. He controls it. He can change it. He can manipulate it at any given time. If a God can do that, he can heal your body or heal your son or your daughter. He can bring salvation to your family. If God can do that, he can override a mind that's been corrupted. If God can do that, he can stand against everything that has come against you because he's so powerful that he can stop the earth from spinning. Right? Now, according to the laws of physics, 
If the earth stops spinning, we fall off. That's gravity. Earth spinning pulls us down towards the core. The earth stops spinning, that means it stops going around the sun because the sun stopped at its place. Now think about that for a second. God intervened with but a word and he stopped it all for a battle for Israel so Joshua and the Israelites could win. Mm -hmm. Now physically that's impossible, but he did it. And if God could do that, what more can he do for you? Amen. Amen. Your battle, mm -hmm. what you're fighting, what you're facing, the God who controls the very laws of nature. He can fight for you, and he deserves praise for that. Yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. He deserves to be honored for that. He deserves to be worshipped for that. Amen. It says he sends forth his word, and he melts. He melts the hail. He melts the snow. Meaning he brings it, he says when it starts, and he says when it goes away. Meaning that God is in control at all times, no matter what things seem to be. In the middle of the blizzard, he's in control. In the middle of the drought, he's in control. Amen. Right? You and I can take solace in the fact that knows no matter how bad it seems from my perspective, God is still in control. Amen. And with his unlimited, his infinite understanding, he already knows the beginning from the end. He already knows how it turns out, and because of his providential care, I don't have to be worried. So this is what I know. I know he has the power. I know that he has the understanding. And I know that he has love. That's all I need to know. So when you're in the midst of trial, in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, remember those things. Your God is all-powerful. Your God is all-knowing. Your God is ever-present. And your God is love. Right? Love causes these three to work to your benefit. So his power, his presence, and his wisdom and understanding, they all work in our favor because of his love. So if you're in the midst of pain, suffering, and trial, remember those things that your God is powerful enough, wise enough, present enough and loves you enough to get you through it. Amen. That should give you and I comfort. Yes. So that when we get down to verse 5, we can say all together, praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.